You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. How is everybody feeling today? Getting a little closer to the weekend. This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Lots to do. Plenty to keep us busy on this Thursday edition. Of course, we take you up until Golik and Wingo come your way an hour from now. Live from Miami is, of course, we have three days until Super Bowl 54. And it cannot get here soon enough. We'll touch a little bit on the uh, Chiefs and Niners. And maybe what I'm going through is something similar to what you've gone through when it comes to this game. When the game first got decided who it was going to be, maybe you felt one way. And now that you've had two weeks to kind of bat this around in your own head and listen to this person and listen to that person, now you're going back the other way and now you don't know how to feel about the game. I think I know how I feel about the game, but I don't know if it's other people influencing how I feel about the game. But we'll get into that. Three days until the Super Bowl. 13 days until Yankees pitchers and catchers. Seven days until the NBA trade deadline. Let's just keep it rolling. 84 days until the NFL draft. And more importantly, based on what we're going to talk about, I think a good portion of the day, 110 days until the NBA draft lottery. 110 days, Gordon. Why would you bring that up? Well, because there are 37 more meaningless Nick games to go. How is that making the Knicks cool again effort going? I know it's early on. I know it's just getting started. Maybe the the blueprint is still being drawn up in some corporate office someplace. Whenever you watch the sports movie, right, they always have the same kind of bullet points in the movie at some point. It's always about being terrible at the beginning, whether it's a boxer, whether it's a runner, whether it's the team. When they first get together, they're all beyond all sorts of bad. And then they'll get a little bit better. And then usually you get to the sports montage. Who doesn't love a good sport, a training montage? Rocky getting ready, doing the, the, the speed bag, trying to catch the chicken. I think it's pretty clear to say if we were doing a sports movie that was focused on the Knicks efforts to be cool again, we would still be in that first stage. Use whatever metric you would like. When the entire crowd seems to be chanting, sell the team, so much so that the team is piping in music to kind of drown them out in a building where it's got a pretty good track record of doing that sort of thing will come back to bite you. This is not some place where, nah, we were just having fun. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, none of that here. And I guess we got to start there because last night, think about this. I read this. Uh, the, the Who's the guy that writes for the Athletic of the Knicks? How do you pronounce his name? Vorkanoff? Mike Vorkanoff? He put out a tweet. Tonight feels like a low point for the Knicks season. Keep in mind where we're at in the Knicks season. They have the third worst record in the NBA. This after having the worst record last year in the NBA. And in case you missed the game, and at this point, I don't know why you would stick around until the last second of that game. Do you ever have moments like that where you're watching the Knicks, right? The game's decided, and then all of a sudden, you're almost on like autopilot. And you almost think to yourself, why the hell am I watching this still? Why, let me see what else is on TV. There's got to be something else on TV. 
My wife is looking to throw on uh, the uh, the QVC. Let's see what they have on QVC tonight. Sweetie, I can't do the Q. You know what the, the big part of the QVC guy is? I like how he always points out what color things are. You ever notice that? They'll, have, they'll be doing pots or pans or something. We have it in the blue. We have it in the green. We have it in the red. Yeah, I know what colors are, guy. I don't, I don't need you to point out. Yes, I know what red looks like. I digress. Maybe because it's about the Knicks. So last night, under a minute to go, Knicks uh, losing. I think they were losing by 18 at the time. Alfred Payton, unhappy after a, a pass got picked off, a lazy pass got picked off by uh, Jay Crowder. Crowder, yeah, he was. they were up 18 at the time. He steals the pass from Randall, took the ball to the right corner, and, uh, you know, intentionally shot a three, right? Like, didn't just dribble out the clock, didn't just drive in for maybe a layup, decided to shoot the three, run up the score a little bit. That got Alfred Payton ticked off. So he kind of pushes them, shoves them to the ground. Crowder obviously didn't like that, doesn't like getting shoved to the ground. So he gets up, goes after Peyton, and I wouldn't say it was a fight. I wouldn't say it was a brawl. It was a scuffle, right? Some guys pushing and shoving. Julius Randle, Marcus Morris, Damian Dotson, I think, was uh, involved there as well. Let's leave him out because I like Dotson. (laughs) Peyton Morris and Crowder all got ejected. Peyton, according to reports, will likely get suspended. And then after seeing that scene, the fans, not too happy, started chanting sell the team for about uh, maybe a half a minute or so. According to reports, James Dolan, who was at the game, spoke to security and I think seemed to, at least according to reports, singled somebody out, a teenager, because he was the closest fan chanting sell the team to Dolan. And it adds up to a 21-point loss to the Memphis Grizzlies at home. And now the Knicks continue to lose. They are now 13-36. and 36, Am I correct? I believe. The numbers, I, I'm never good with math. And uh, the numbers with the Knicks become dizzying at some point. So in case you're keeping score at home, and I don't, I'm not exactly sure at this point why this, it's not going to add up to anything good. There's no, there's no hidden numbers you can say, well, see, yes, it looks really bad, but here's some backdoor way to look at the numbers that is going to make you feel better. No. So let's run it down. Knicks get blown out by the Grizzlies, lose by 21. That is now their 18th loss this season by 10 points or more. Feels like they'd have even more than that. No, it's only, it's only 18. The point guard pushes the opponent to the ground, right? It causes a little bit of a brouhaha there. I don't know what, exactly what a brouhaha looks like, but I would think that that would, that would qualify as a brouhaha. Fans are chanting sell the team in a place where that type of thing uh, can uh, come back to bite you, as I said. Then, after the game, John Morant, the number two pick in the draft last year, right? Knicks didn't get the number one pick. And last night, at least, especially with um, – with Barrett sitting out with the ankle injury, you, you can't feel good about him sitting out. It looks like it's going to be another while before he gets back. You're watching John Morant, and it looks like he's already a star, right? Like, R.J. Barrett has some good moments, he has some bad moments, but I don't know necessarily you can necess- that you can really say, 
I know for sure R.J. Barrett is going to be this. And based on the Knicks' track record of developing players, boy, he's got a lot to overcome. After the game, John Morant says that the Knicks turned off the hot water. There's no hot water and no water pressure, which is almost worse than the no hot water. Like, I can deal with the shower if it's not exactly hot water, although it's not great. The no water pressure is just uh, is just the worst. So you think to yourself, wow, can't get, Gordon, it can't get much worse than that. Enter Marcus Morris. No, the still was cool. You got the still. It is what it is. But when you step back and shoot a three, you know what I'm saying, and try to, you know, low-key like rub it in that they're winning, you know. It's just unprofessional, man. It's soft. His game is soft. He's soft. It's just, you know, just how he carried it, man. And, you know, it's just very womanlike. Well, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What? I was with you there. All right, he's soft. He, let's go through it again. Let's see. Let's see the parts that jump out. Right here is uh, Marcus Morris again. He said that, that Jay Crowder is unprofessional. Was the steal unprofessional? No, the steal was cool. You got okay. the steal. It is what it is. But when you step back and shoot a three, you know what I'm saying, and try to, you know, low key like rub it in that they're winning. You know, mm-hmm. it's just unprofessional, man. Okay. It's soft. Soft. His game is soft. Okay. He's soft. Okay. It's just, you know. That's how he carried it, man. You know, it's just very womanlike. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go back there. Very womanlike. He actually had some comments about that even before those comments. I don't think it's a build-up, man. I think dude is just, you know, he played the game a different way. Like, he just, a lot of female tendencies on the court. No. Flopping and throwing his head back the entire game. And like I said, man, it's a man's game, and you just get tired of it, man. And then, obviously, at the end, I was very unprofessional. They win in the game. It's a good team. And, you know, he does stuff like that, man. All right, so there's Marcus Morris. Not <laughs> Coming in. And just uh, making the situation completely worse. Now, he apologized later, saying that he has all the respect in the world for women and all these things. Uh, it's, I can't imagine how you are going through. And look, saying that somebody is soft, that is, a, I think, a fair insult uh, of someone. But to then go to the woman angle, that's only going to run you into trouble, buddy. Uh, I don't know what, what he was thinking, how he doesn't have a voice inside his head that says, wait a second, this is not, this is not going anywhere good. And uh, I believe the league will come out today and announce the punishment for those involved last night. And they have not, and they're not going to be suspended. They're actually going to be forced to play more games for the Knicks because that'll teach them. So where to begin? Where to begin with the Knicks? Well, we only have an hour. And what's clear is that this season's gone, right? I mean, this season is, is done with, as I said, what was it, 110 days until the NBA draft lottery? That is really the next important date. The Knicks might trade away one of these veterans here before the trade deadline and try and stockpile another draft pick or two. And they will try to sell you, look, look at how many assets we have moving forward. As if you could have any faith in the people currently in place using those assets in any way that would result in anything good. I don't know. If you have that level of confidence, I can't imagine that you could. There's one thing to have faith. There's another thing to have blind faith. Blind faith is what you would have to have right now in this current Knicks regime to think it's going to turn around. It's clear that after this season, the Knicks are not just going to need a house cleaning. They're going to need like a Silkwood shower type of house. They're going to have to just power wash. What's that power washer they're always selling on the infomercials? They need that level of cleaning. 
We all have bad situations we have to get through at times. But the one thing you can't continue to do is the same thing over and over again. This Knicks team is going no place. And it's one thing to be bad. It's another thing to be going no place and doing it the way the Knicks are doing it. Frank Nilakina did not play last night. Alonzo Trier never plays. Knox plays 22 minutes, takes six shots. Even Dennis Smith Jr., who's been brutal, brutal, plays 13 minutes. Now, I don't know if any of those guys are any good. I will tell you that right off the bat. Maybe. I think the best sign for them to actually have decent NBA careers at this point would be to get off the Knicks. But I'm not telling you that any of those guys are good. But what I am telling you is, what point does it serve at this point not to be playing them? Far more than they are right now. What point does it, who does it serve to be trying to win with veteran players when you're not winning at all? What does that accomplish? There are things you can fix and there are things you cannot fix. Chanting sell the team does absolutely nothing. In fact, I would argue that if it's going to move the needle anyway, it would move the needle in the less likely to happen category. What can happen is that Steve Mills and Scott Perry had their shot. They had their chance. Last offseason, they put their plans in place and they said, trust us. And some of us did. I am not someone who comes out here and just kills the Knicks every chance I get, jokes about the Knicks every chance I get. You know, if you listened at any point last year, I was on board with the tank. I was on board with trying to get the number one pick, as high a pick as you could deal. I was even okay with the fact of trying to clear out cap space. I wouldn't have done it the way they did it, but okay, fine. If you clear out cap space because you have some inside information, okay. But you can't strike out on all of those. Get into the next season. Still be trying to win with veteran players. I mean, the only benefit of that could be to say, hey, look, our record is better than it was last year, and we're headed in the right direction. Anybody who would believe that would have to be just deluding themselves. And before anybody says, well, you know, the Knicks have been rebuilding for so long, Nick fans don't, nonsense. Nick fans have no problems with rebuilding. Zero. But you have to actually do it. Riding Marcus Morris or Julius Randle or Alfred Payton, you cannot sell, hey, we're rebuilding. All you're doing there is just simply wasting time. So our poll question, which is up for today, on Twitter, in case you didn't know, at Gordon Damer. The Knicks may have hit a new low point last night, losing by 21 to the Grizzlies. In your mind, what was the worst part? We gave you... We only have four options, right? We probably could have went more. We did not include the Ja Morant cold shower with the drippy water. We went with four. A, Peyton shoving Crowder to the ground, starting that little not melee, little scuffle, if you will. B, losing by 21 to Memphis, who is, it's not like Memphis is any great shakes. They're 24 and 24, I think. They're basically a mediocre team. That's option number two for you. Option number three, the sell the team chance. Is that the worst part of last night? Or D, Marcus Morris's comments. 
You can vote on the poll questions up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Coming up, we'll give you my answer. We'll get into the Super Bowl a little bit. Super Bowl 54, Chiefs and Niners, and uh, some of the storylines that I've heard and some of the storylines I'm looking forward to on Sunday. And then I was going around Twitter yesterday. And a lot of times Twitter will tick you off, but yesterday I saw one little thing that kind of made me smile. Made me smile for a couple of reasons. I don't think it will happen, but it still made me smile, so we'll get into that too. We've been uh, focusing on Knicks. And the poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Knicks uh, last night, in case you missed it, not a lot good. <laughs> not good, Bob. Where's the uh, old line? Uh, anyway, where, where are we? How are you? Not great, Bob. No, not great, Bob, at all. A lot of uh, things going wrong for the Knicks last night, not uh, the least of which they lost to uh, the Memphis Grizzlies in a game that really wasn't all that close, right? That's part of it. And this season, which has already gotten away from them, I mean, there's no... There's no spinning that, right? Like, there's nothing. I know that behind the scenes, convincing the owner to keep him on in various roles, he's not good in terms of the actual wins and losses on the court, but Steve Mills, behind the scenes, must be like Pat Riley. I mean, how he can continually convince his boss, you know what, it's not me, it's him. It's not me, it's that guy. It's not me, it's this guy. It's incredible. And I am not saying to fire anybody right now. I would allow the people in place to be in place. I would allow them to move whatever pieces they can for future assets after the uh, before the trade deadline. But make no mistake about it. As soon as the season's over, someone else is, is coming on. And I don't think that anybody is making the point, but let's just say Steve Mills makes the point. Well, look, we stockpiled all these assets. Now let me at least put my real plan in. Well, look, this is also on you right now. You've been here long enough. You won 17 games last year. I would think they're going to win more than that this year, but not a whole lot more than that. It's look like if you went into the year thinking, all right, the Knicks win total last year was 17. I think the over-under was 27. Or 28. Might even have been 29. It's going to be a lot closer to 17 than it's going to be at 29. Right? It's going to be a lot closer to that 17 number than it is 29. And if anybody told you at this point last year, hey, next year when you get to this time, it's going to be just as bad. And in some ways kind of worse, right? Like last year, I don't think it was unrealistic to have some hope. Hope of getting the number one pick. Hope of landing a free agent. Hope that David Fisdale might eventually, when he was actually given pieces to, to work with and a season where you weren't seemingly tanking, that it would be easy to improve on that. How could, it not, how could you not be able to improve on that by leaps and bounds, given all the, the resources and, and things that you seem to have in your favor? And to be into this season now and sitting where you are, woof. But that's not the poll question. The poll question is, which of the things from last night was the worst? And I don't think that I've gotten any responses of this yet so far, so I'm going to take it. The four options are Peyton shoving crowded the ground, losing by 21 to Memphis, sell the team chance, or Marcus Morris's comments. It's a pretty close poll, all, all things told right now. I guess the one that people have the, the least problem with is Peyton shoving crowded the ground, which kind of got the whole thing started last night. Uh, no one said this yet, so I will use it. I would say if I had a vote, I would vote all of them. I mean, it's just it's just a complete mess. It's a complete mess, and it doesn't seem like the people in place have – and the one point I didn't make about the assets, like most times 
when there's somebody on board who compiles all the assets and deals with all the losing, very rarely do those people get to put their plan in place, right? Like Sam Henke with the 76ers, he was the guy who did the tank for them. And by the time they were able to turn things around, they got rid of him. Same thing with Sashi Brown in Cleveland. Now, they haven't turned it around yet, but he was the guy who took the bullets, stockpiled all the assets, and then by the time they got to use the assets, Sashi Brown was out of there. So I I don't know that uh, – I'm not following those situations, although Hinky, I think he was the, the innovator, right? He was the guy who said, look, this is the way you, t- you just keep stockpiling picks, keep building and building assets until you can turn those assets into things that you actually believe in and want to build around. Don't feel like, hey, you know what? We got to get back in the lot. We got to get back uh, to to medi- mediocrity next year. We can't be bad year after year after year. Seventy Sixers proved, you know what? It's actually not that bad. And if there's any fan base anywhere, not just in New York, anywhere that would put up with being bad, they're doing it now. You're doing it now. Putting up with being bad in a situation where it actually feels like this regime thinks that. I mean, you, you've seen the reports. They thought that this was a playoff team this year. That's going about as well as that new uh, program to make the Knicks cool again. Both the neck and neck right now. Which is going better, Knicks playoff push or the campaign to make them cool again? Maybe that should have been the uh, poll question today. Who knows? All right, so if I had a, a vote in the poll question, I think I'd probably abstain today. <laughs> I would just simply vote all of them because uh, that's how bad the situation certainly looks right now. one 800 919 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So that's the uh, poll question that's up for today. You can get on it there. Also, I just want to touch on the uh, the Super Bowl a little bit because we're getting closer to it now. We've kind of stayed away from it because of everything that's gone on this week with Kobe Bryant and all those things. But now that you're getting closer to the game, and when anytime you have the two weeks, you can't really, I don't know, man, that first week it feels like everything is just waiting around. You, you don't just talk about it every single day. It's not until you get into that second week, and now, of course, some of the shows go like a wingo down in Miami. So you're getting a little bit of the flavor of, of Miami as we get closer. The thing that I feel, I, mean, I feel like a lot of people feel this way. When, the first, when you first knew, okay, these are the teams that are playing, Chiefs-Niners, I think a lot of people felt, and, and the Chiefs are favored in the game, so maybe it's still this way. Chiefs are going to roll. Patrick Mahomes is just at a different level. Chiefs, Andy Reid, the storyline about him having to finally win a, a title. It's going to be the Chiefs. Who can slow them down? As we pointed out, they're, they're twice as likely to score a touchdown on a drive in the postseason this year than they are to punt. And since being down 24 nothing, if you take out those first three series that they had against the, uh, against the Texans, the, the numbers even jump up uh, even higher. So it's going to be Chiefs. It's going to be Chiefs. It's going to be Chiefs. But you know what? Maybe it's just listening to everybody or having too much time and I'm, I'm overthinking it. The closer we get to Sunday, the more I believe that the, the Niners are going to, uh, to win the game. Now, I'm not, I'm not convinced that I, that's 100% where I'm at and maybe I'll make a pick on the game tomorrow. But you know what What makes it difficult this time is that I don't feel like either either team in the title game played a good team. Like the Texans, I know they had a good run, but they're not a complete team. They can beat you only one way. And if you can shut down that one way, which the, 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 the Chiefs obviously did, 
Well, if you can do that, well, then it, you're going to roll. And that's what they did. And look, the Titans were not that good of a team. They really had the one game against the Ravens where everything kind of went right for them and they were able to roll there. But I don't really look at the Titans being a, a really good team. And the Packers, I, I said that before the playoffs even began. My, my thing this year was going to be to, to, to bet against the Seahawks and to bet against the Packers. And um, so I don't really look at them as being a good team. So it makes it kind of harder to judge just, wh- just who the Chiefs and Niners really are when the last game, the last evidence you have was against two. I don't look at either of those teams really being capable of being um, at that level of matching up against those teams, and obviously the results turned out that way. The other part of the the game that makes me feel Niners, you know, the Niners can beat you in a variety of ways. Like, so much of the focus has been on their running game, and I'm sure that will be a focus on Sunday because you want to limit the the possessions, you want to limit the time that the Chiefs have the ball because they are so explosive. But you know what? Like, Garoppolo, while he hasn't really been forced to do it in the playoffs, he can beat you with throws. There have been games where they have ridden him to wins this year, and he has thrown the ball. So I feel like the Niners have a variety of ways to beat the Chiefs. I don't really feel like the Chiefs have a variety of ways to beat the Niners. Like, you, I, I really can't envision a way the Chiefs win the game unless Mahomes plays really, really well. Now, he might because he's just at that different level, but if you can make a team, any team, singular in their approach, which the Chiefs pretty much are, and they're great at what they do, but I just think that if you can make them singular, give a team two weeks to plan for what you know is coming, I think it makes it more likely that the Niners uh, will be able to carry that out. And you can see a scenario, right? The Niners run the ball all over the place. They win the game that way. I could see a way where Garoppolo maybe doesn't outplay Mahomes but plays well enough to kind of keep them close and they make a play or two at the end. I can see a, a scenario where the Niners' defense makes a big play, a turnover, a sack, a fumble. I just don't see that on the other side. Maybe that's what I'm missing. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's go out to the phones this morning, squeeze a couple calls in here before the uh, the traffic. We'll go to Chris in Queens. Chris, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon. I, I listen to you all the time. And uh, the whole narrative with the Knicks, I've been a Knicks fan for over 25 years, 30 years, whatever, so I'm 10 years old. As long as people keep showing up, nothing's going to change. They're selling out. And it's like the fans have to go on strike for this to work. You know what, uh, Chris? You're not wrong. And and like I said before, you know, there's things that you can control and there's things that you can't control. I can't control whether or not the fans go to the games. And it seems like it's not, from what I hear, I don't go to that many Nick games. I don't go to that many events at all. Uh, but from what I've heard, it's not really the diehard Nick fan. There are some of them, sure, but it's a lot of no, tourists all, who want to go all, to the game. It's all corporate. Right. It's yeah. all corporate. That's who could, you, the average person can't afford it. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, um, the the Nick devotion, which has never been in question, it does kind of, I think it does kind of hurt them in this role, right? Like if if people stop showing up and stop buying tickets, I just don't think that that's ever going to happen. Much like the sell the team chance, I don't think are ever going to happen. I don't think the Nick, the Nick fan devotion is so strong that I think that they're going to show, I mean, clearly they're showing up to the team this year. They showed up to the team last year. And this whole campaign to make them cool again, winning is cool. That's what people <laughs> right. want. That's the only and one thing, more thing fans Gordon, want. You guys, I gotta love, man. Florida man, Florida woman stories make my day. All I right. love that stuff, guys. Right. Keep it up, man. Right, Thanks, Chris, man. Appreciate the call. 
And the Pirates, 10 seconds away from their 10th straight victory, the longest in the Kevin Willard era. It's the longest win streak for this program since 92, December of 92, where they went 11 straight. Pirates win it on 64 to 57. All right, so there you go. You want some relevant basketball in the area, you're going to have to look in the college ranks. Either uh, Rutgers yesterday, not yesterday, day before, Seton Hall last night. So they uh, improved to, what is it, 8-0 in the uh, Big East. So they keep rolling right along. Top 10 team for them. Rutgers in the top 25. So that's what uh, you're looking for right now. If you are looking for some relevant basketball, because uh, the Knicks are dealing with what they're dealing with. The Nets season, I guess, is still salvageable. If they can get uh, Kyrie Irving back and and in the lineup on a consistent basis, and he was last night, scored 20 points. Nets beat the Pistons, but not exactly. I think they're now, are they 20 and 26? And the good news, I guess the best news I have for Nick fans is I actually, uh, my math is wrong. I always tell you, never trust my math. The Knicks only have 33 games remaining. I said 37. That's four games right off, boom, right off the slate. Only 33 more games to go. We, I believe that all the other dates. I use Google for all the other dates, all the other numbers. So 110 days until the draft lottery, that is uh, accurate. And if it's not, blame Google. Blame those jerks. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So I'm, I'm flipping around on Twitter yesterday, as I'm prone to do sometimes. And I'm looking at this thing and looking at that thing, looking at things that will get me pumped up, things I want to bring up on the show. And I see this post from Odds Shark, the betting odds of where Nolan Arenado might wind up. Nolan Arenado, very unhappy in Colorado. Still the possibility of some names being mentioned even before, I think, spring training this year that possibly could get moved. You've heard about the Mookie Betts rumors. We touched on them yesterday. Reports that the, the Red Sox and, and Betts' camp $100 million apart on a contract and the need for the Red Sox to maybe kind of rebuild, especially before that punishment comes down, whatever it's going to be for Major League Baseball, possible loss of draft picks there. Chris Bryant, he loses his uh, hearing yesterday about whether or not he got an extra year of service time. Seemed like that was going to be the case, was the case. But Nolan Arenado is another name that's out there, especially for a lot of teams that may have missed out on free agents. He's unhappy with Colorado, and it seems like he wants out. Whether or not he gets moved sooner rather than later, well, it's still to be determined. But I'm looking around, and I see this post yesterday. It's got the odds of the teams to land Nolan Arenado. Who's the favorite? Well, the normal teams are up there, the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Braves, the Rangers. But number one on the list was the New York Yankees. The Yankees. The favorites to land Nolan, I don't know what they are basing this on because I'll tell you right now, there is, I'd love to see it, but I don't see it. But could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine before spring trade? And that's the way Cashman generally operates. Not that he's going to go do this, but silent, stealth mode. And then all of a sudden, boom. Report from Jeff Passan or a report from whoever. Yankees, the favorites to land Nolan Aaron. Oh, my God, could you imagine? 
And it would be awesome for, for Yankee fans, obviously, because you you would get Nolan Arenado. This debate about, well, Urshela, will he start a third and do hard? All of a sudden, no, we're going to move the best third baseman in baseball there. Just pop him right in. And he is by far the best third baseman in baseball. And you can look at the stats however you want. And there is some elevation of the numbers because playing at Coors Field, although it's not like Yankee Stadium is all of a sudden Comerica Park. But even his splits on the road away from Coors Field, his splits, 277 batting average, 346 on base, 521 slugging. I mean, that's still an excellent player. Gold glove every year. The problem is, is not so much uh, how good of a player he is or is not. The problem is he's basically making $35 million a year from now until 2026. So with the amount of expenditures, that maybe they want to go over the luxury tax and just blow it out of the water. I just I can't imagine. But would that be amazing? Not just for Yankee fans, obviously, but for the Yankee haters. Oh, my God, would they lose their ever-loving minds? It's not fair. The Yankees. Oh, it would be fantastic. I'd love it. I'd love it. The salty tears of your enemies. There's nothing better. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Right, let's go back to the phones. We'll go out to uh, James is in Jersey. James, what's going on, my man? Hey, how you doing? Good morning. I'm good. Quick question about my Nets. What trade... Who now? Your Nets. Do? Okay, yeah, all right. What trade do you think we can do this season and at least get us to about the fifth seed? I don't, I don't really expect in that. I mean, from what I've read, it doesn't really seem like they're going to be making any big moves. It's more about the pieces that they have, either getting them healthy or, or getting them a little bit more cohesive. From from, I think they've kind of made their big moves, and it's really – I mean, I think you knew this kind of coming into the year. It's really not about this year as much as it is about next year, getting Durant back and, and, and healthy. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see – I'm sure they'll make a move or two, but I, I just don't think it's going to be anything – that's going to jump out at you and say, oh, my gosh, wow, they made that move. Big, shocking move there. I think that they made their big moves in free agency last year and maybe next year when you get around this time, maybe they add another piece to kind of get over the hump. But, I, I mean, from what you read, it doesn't seem like um, they're really going out there and, and, and adding any big piece this offseason before, uh, before the trade deadline this year. Right. That doesn't really help you, right? That doesn't really get you excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right, man. Well, look, if you could get Kyrie healthy and playing more times than, I mean, he's just been in and out of the lineup. Now, he was in last night, and it's good to see him back after everything that uh, he was dealing with with the Kobe Bryant news. But uh, whether or not you can keep him healthy when it seems like he just has issue after issue. And then when he comes back and he makes the comments that he does – you can't, I can't imagine that that would play all that well in the locker room for a guy who's missed as much time as they and a lot of the guys that were here last year were part of the success that the team had unexpectedly. Can't play that well, I wouldn't think. It's Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. We take you up until uh, 6 o'clock. Go Lick and Wingo then. In case you're just joining us this morning, the poll question is Nick's focused. And you could probably guess that's not good news. I don't know. Maybe you went to bed early last night. Maybe you crashed. Maybe you said, you know what? I got to get a little extra sleep. Maybe that's your New Year's resolution and you're keeping up with it. I had that New Year's resolution for about a week and a half. Get more sleep. And I had my daughter's concert last night so uh that was not 
not exactly keeping me awake until she got on the stage. Once she got on the stage, then I was wide awake. But you have to sit through the other acts first. So that was a little tough to do. But uh, maybe you're saying, you know what? I didn't watch the next game last night. What happened? Well, interestingly enough, lots. Knicks lost. That's not that really that surprising. They followed the Grizzlies 127-106. to 106. But late in the game, Alfred Payton shoves Jay Crowder after Crowder had a steal and tried to run up the score a little bit and shoot a three. Wasn't happy with that. Clearly Crowder wasn't happy about getting a push to the ground, so there's a little pushing, a little shoving. Fans were not happy because the Knicks are getting their heads handed to them again and now drop to, what is it, 13 and 38 on the year. So they start selling, uh, start chanting, sell the team. And then after the game, Marcus Morris does not improve anything because he talks about Jay Crowder like this. I don't think it's a build-up, man. I think dude is just, you know, he played the game a different way. Like, he just, a lot of female tendencies on the court flopping and throwing his head back the entire game. And like I said, man, it's a man's game, and you just get tired of it, man. And then, obviously, at the end, I was very unprofessional. They went in the game. It's a good team. And, you know, he does stuff like that, man. All right. Yeah, not exactly going to help uh, the situation there. And then he tried – I felt like he was trying to, like, recover from the female tendencies part. And he was actually doing an okay part in this cut. And t- uh, you can figure out where it went wrong. No, the still was cool. You got the still. It is what it is. But when you step back and shoot a three, you know what I'm saying, and try to, you know, low-key, like, rub it in that they're winning, you know. It's just unprofessional, man. It's soft. His game is soft. Okay. He's soft. Right. It's just, you know. It's fair. That's how he carried it, man. You know, it's just very woman-like. Oh, that's a, not, not a good way to end there. He probably wishes he could have cut that one. Well, maybe not. He did apologize later on Twitter. So our poll question, which is up for today, uh, on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is about uh, the Knicks. What was the lo- the lowest point of the game last night? Was it Peyton shoving Crowder to the ground? Was it losing by 21 to Memphis? Was it the sell the team chance? Or was it uh, Marcus Morris's comments? I'd have to say, when I said earlier, I think I'd probably have to go with all the above. It just uh, feels like another lost season. Well, it doesn't feel like it. It is. It's another lost season for the Knicks. And the worst part of it all is that there's nothing even to point at and say, you know what, at least it's this. Especially now with R.J. Barrett sidelined. That was the one thing you thought coming into the year. I was not expecting any jumping wins. I told you at the beginning of the year the roster was bad, and you just got to kind of ride it out. But now, with the roster being what it is, and the front office being what it is, it's kind of hard to point to any single thing and think that it's any different this year than last year. At least last year, you could realistically kind of convince yourself into thinking, all right, well, maybe this but turn it around. Maybe they get the number one pick. Maybe they do this. Maybe they do that. Maybe they sign a free agent. Maybe David Fisdale, when they're actually trying to win games, he'll be able to institute. I mean, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. And it just feels like you're just wasting time. And wasting time until what? Because at least so far... It doesn't feel like there's going to be any monumental change in the offseason. Like, have you seen any reports that it's for sure that Mills and Perry will be out and that this guy is going to come in here, some guy with a track record, Sam Presti, I don't know who, who it would be and who would be available. I'm sure that they'll probably name a new head coach after this year and whoever that will be, but I'll tell you right now, it doesn't matter who it is, if the people in the front office remain in the front office, well then, what? I mean, what's the point? What are you doing? What are you doing? 
Because right now they're trying to maximize as many wins as they can get, and it's not like it's it's any different. And it's pretty clear at this point now, halfway through the season, in a year where, again, I was not expecting some big jump in wins, but I expected to see some improvement, some signs of hope, even after free agency was over, even after the draft was over. I wanted to see, all right, what pieces on this team are real established pieces at the end of the year that you can say, all right, they're not all going to be pe- – I mean, you, you knew that. Anytime you have a bunch of young players, they're not all going to come back and, and turn out to be stars or serviceable players. You're going to have some hits. You're going to have some misses. But right now, do you know anything more about this team more than halfway through the year than you did going in? Like if you were excited, you were clearly going to be excited about R.J. Barrett when you got him, all right? This guy is a piece we're going to be able to build around. And maybe he still will be. I don't know. He's had some good, really good moments. He's had some really low moments. The shooting percentage is something that's got to concern you a little bit. But he's a young player. Whenever he does get back and gets over the ankle injury, okay, fine. What else? What else would you say on this team? Okay, this the, Mitchell Robinson, okay, I feel good about him, but I felt kind of good about him before the year, right? Like, okay, that would be the second piece. What else? It doesn't really feel like there's a whole lot, a whole lot else there. And I'm not telling you that any of the, the younger pieces are definitely things that you can build around. They're going to be part of whenever the Knicks turn around. But I'd rather see them play this point than Marcus Morris or uh, Julius Randle or Alfred Payton. It just feels like it's a complete waste of time. The entire season, we have this entire year, and it just feels like it's just more of the same. So you can vote on the poll question. It's up uh, on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. We also focused on the Super Bowl a little bit today. Chiefs and Niners, obviously, on Sunday, getting closer to Super Bowl 54. And I guess my main takeaway now, three days out, is that when the game got first announced, I thought, yeah, for sure, it's going to be the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is just this different level of quarterback, and it's a quarterback league. And But maybe it's just the amount of people I've heard and sometimes it's the people you hear say certain things that makes you say, no, I'm not going that way. I don't try. <laughs> that guy's opinion is always wrong. I'm going to go the other direction. So um, I, I just, the longer I think about it, it just feels like the Niners are a team that can beat you in more ways. Maybe not in the same ways clearly that the Chiefs can, but the Chiefs can only do it one way. If, if, if you think the Chiefs are going to win on Sunday, you, you're clearly thinking that it's going to be because of Patrick Mahomes. And, and that might turn out to be right. With as great a postseason as he's had this year. And he goes out this year, and I kind of was looking at it. We mentioned it, was it yesterday, the day before? That if he goes out on Sunday and wins the MVP, you'd have to say, in terms of just a quarterback, this is one of the great postseason runs of all time. It's right up there. If he goes out and throws for 300 yards on this defense and throws for three touchdowns, and that's not even like an otherworldly game for him. That's just kind of like a routine game for him. If he goes out and does that and caps it with the Super Bowl, man, what a what a start to a young career and what a uh, postseason run this has been. And not only doing it for himself, but finally getting Andy Reid over the hump. For all the years that we've talked about, Andy Reid's got to win a Super Bowl. Andy Reid's got to, and he finally does, and it's because of Patrick Mahomes. Um, but the problem with the Chiefs is that you look at the ways they can win the game. It's pretty clear if they're going to win, it's because of uh, Patrick Mahomes. It's not going to be more than likely defense making big plays, big interceptions, big play here or there. 
big, maybe special teams. I guess they have some special teams that that make plays, but it feels like very heavy. If you think the Chiefs are going to win, it's going to be all riding on Patrick Mahomes. Whereas with the Niners, running game, check. Garoppolo winning a game or two here, check. George Kittle breaking a big play, check. Defense, clearly. They're going to get after the quarterback and whether or not they can simply slow down Mahomes. I don't have great confidence they're going to stop them, but at least keep them in the game, and especially with that running game, you would think they would be able to do that. So uh, it just feels the closer we get. And I'll be honest, I've gone, <laughs> I've gone a little bit back and forth this week. That's the problem with the two weeks. You have too much time. you got to trust your first instinct. But my first instinct was the Chiefs, but now the longer I have to think about it, um, I think that it, I, I'm probably going to go the Niners. I'd like to have gotten a little uh, bigger line. I thought the line might go up a, another point or two. Get it to three. I don't think that's going to happen now. But anywho, all right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. And then the other thing, oh, you know what I didn't mention? This is one thing that uh, I forgot about. Sterling Marte gets traded to the Diamondbacks, and that was a player that the Mets had mentioned. You know what I've heard a lot? Well, why would you go after Sterling Marte if these other big-name guys are going to be available? And there are guys that are going to be available. Mookie Betts, right? Looks like he's going to be available. It doesn't seem like even if he were to get traded, it doesn't seem like he'll sign a contract before free agency. So he'll hit free agency. Chris Bryant's now two years away, but he's going to be available pretty soon. Maybe there's a – why would you trade prospects away for Sterling Marte, who's a nice player – but is not a game-changing player when other guys, Nolan Arenado. The only problem with that is the Mets, unless Steve Cohen is coming on tomorrow and is going to take over and is going to just shoot the locks off the wallet and just approach things in a completely different way, the Mets are not going to be in on any of those guys. They're not going to be. Mookie Betts wants $420 million. When you hear that, that's not the only 420 that comes to mind. Nolan Arenado, as I brought up, is making $35 million from now until 2027. I would expect when Steve Cohen comes on board, whenever that is, a year from now, whenever, that there will be a change and at least the Mets will operate as a legitimate big market team. But I don't know necessarily that that means that they're going to go out and just get the high, the most high-priced thing anywhere and everywhere. And that could still take a while. This is a – I mean, we bring it up all the time. Mets are a win-now team. Now, if you think that Sterling Marte is not a huge upgrade, that's fair. But if your point is don't trade away the prospects now because you're going to need them for when you can make a deal for Mookie Betts or, or Chris Bryant or, or Nolan Arenado. Talk about, we talk about the Nick fan being delusional. That's a Met fan being delusional. All right, that's going to do it for today. Please vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. It's all about the Knicks. If you can get roused up about the – can we make people excited about the Knicks? Forget about making them cool. Can we make them excited about the Knicks? We'll find out today with the poll results, and we'll be back tomorrow. Brian, are you going to be at the jury duty again today? You're going back for a third day. You know what yeah. that tells me? You screwed something up, buddy. You got to go in there, and you got to let them know right away. I'm here for two days, and I'm out of here. I didn't do anything yet. You, 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 <laughs> look, I don't know what you did. I love you, but you screwed something up, buddy. All right, well, we'll be back tomorrow. Please vote on the poll question. We'll see you tomorrow at 5. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.